0: Yo yo, you know I've been thinking a lot about point dancing.
1: P- point dancing, yeah, and I think how cool it is. It, it's not cool at all. It's dumb. What? It's dumb. No, it's it's like a whole bunch of, uh, Nate. You know, I think you're biased. Biased in w- what way against point dancing? No, no, no. <laughs> they, we need to talk.
0: So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with Pepin. How's it going, Pepin? Fucking point dancing. It's dumb. Fair enough. And uh, we are here with special guest, Brianne. What's going on, B?
2: Not much, you?
0: Uh, Doing a podcast. Thought thought that was kind of obvious. So, uh... You're a dick. You're biased. Suck a dick. You're very biased against me, I -hmm. feel. Nate, what's bias mean?
1: Well, bias is having some kind of, like, thought or feeling or kind of argument against something. So you might be biased against, say, conservative media. So your bias might be against that because you think they're invalid or not good. Or you might have a bias against a particular person. So you might not like, you know, say, Gregory. Because he smells, and, you know, anything he does, you're like, oh, fuck, Gregory. Yeah, you know who you are, Gregory. (laughs) But then you could have biases towards people as well. So let's say that there is uh, Kevin, and, you know, Kevin, you like a lot. He does stuff for you. And so you might have preferential treatment. (laughs) That's Kevin. Kevin does stuff for you? What kind of stuff, dude? Kevin is not from my wife. He's from your wife, Steve.
0: Oh, Oh, is this the, the, quote air quotes, Kevin
1: yeah, yeah. You no know, name change for certain reasons. Oh, it used to be Gregory. <laughs> oh my God. So you
0: use the word bias a lot in your definition of bias um, or your examples of bias. Uh, is that to say that uh, by 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 bias you mean somebody has an affinity towards or against something in particular, with or without logical reason?
1: it's not necessarily with or without logical reason, but if it's a cognitive bias, this is like a psychological term, it's without logical reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might be biased against, say, your ex-girlfriend because uh, she did some bad stuff to you. So, anytime she does something, you know, you might act towards a person in that same situation in one kind of way, but since it's your ex-girlfriend who, say, cheated on you, you act completely different because of your bias towards her, towards your affinity towards her.
0: Oh, and you may act biased towards every, all of your girlfriends afterwards because the previous one cheated on you. So you may have that in your head that they may cheat on you. So you act irrationally towards them,
1: not trusting them. Right, right. And that's kind of like the uh, gambler's fatality where well, – a little bit – so in that one, you have a preconception about, say, this general class called women, and then you apply that one instance towards a whole class of people when it's really just applicable to this one person who did it to you.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess women are like gambling, right?
1: Yeah, but the, the, the uh, gambling one is actually, this one's like more uh, unconscious. Maybe it is conscious, but, you know, you get people who gamble a lot, and let's say... They uh, play I don't know, some kind of game, dice or whatever, and they they lose like say twenty times in a row. Well, in their head, they might start thinking, "Well, i lost twenty times. I'm bound to win this one," and they'll play again. Now, chances are the same. You know, your chances don't increase the more you lose. They're actually the exact same. So, with flipping a coin, if you flip twenty heads in a row, you're not more likely to get tails the next time. It's still fifty percent. So, this bias is irrational in that the probability hasn't changed. It's just your perception is causing you to think it's changed.
0: So the amount of times that something is done does not have an effect on the probability
1: outcome? No.
0: Then what's the point of doing any tests that involve probability at all,
1: ever? So from a mathematical point of view, you try to figure out what is going to happen, say, when you go to infinity. So if you flip a coin, what you say is 50% chance it's going to be heads, 50% chance it's going to be tails, and you can do this like kind of theoretically, you flip know, it for an infinite amount of times, and it will tend to be like fifty fifty. you know that's what will end up in the long run. but statistically, you know you're going to get you know long chains in there where there's like hundred heads in a row, two hundred heads in a row, you know five hundred tails. so basing it off like a small sample size, you can't really get the real probability and also, from a statistical point of view, this the probability is either heads or tails you could say what's the probability of it being 50 50 if i flip the coin a million times it's pretty good what's the probability of it being uh you know say one tails and 900,999 heads pretty pretty low still there but that probability is so so low that you'd have to
0: so you're saying that the sample size is based on infinity and that's what gives you the 50-50 outcome so if i say there's a sample size of 10 that's irrelevant because it's basically nothing in the sample size of infinity exactly yeah okay perfect so 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 that can be a bias that gamblers have in not not recognized putting their own sample size on something that is really a sample size of infinity what other kind of biases might I come across or, or be experiencing myself that I don't even realize I have? Because that was definitely one of them. I figure if you flip a coin ten times, nine times its head, I
1: would bet the house that it's going to come up tails. I mean that just makes logical sense to me. So let's say you work in customer service and you're like, oh, man, it's I don't think it's going to be busy today. And then it ends up being busy. You know, We've had all had those moments where it's like, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Or, you know… You make some prediction and you say, oh, it's not going to be this, then it's that. So I think that part of why this bias happens is it's an awareness bias. So when someone says, blah, 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 X, you're more aware of X occurring or not. Now, if I didn't say, you know, it's going to be busy today or it's not going to be busy today, then people aren't really paying attention for whether it's busy or not. They just kind of go with it. Whereas if you say, it's not going to be busy today. People are like, oh, man, now I'm aware of if it's busy or not. And now I'm going to, like, you know, you know, rail you no matter what happens.
0: I know in sports, that's a very common thing. Sports people who, who do sports are usually superstitious to begin with. Uh, but I know, like, uh, if a pitcher has a perfect game, you don't talk about the perfect game. Or if a goalie has a shutout in hockey, you don't say the word shutout. If you say the word shutout, you just blew the game like they're they're going to score immediately. But I feel like there's a little bit of, of science to that, at least psychologically, that if you're not thinking about the shutout, then y- you might be playing the same way that you were playing, but if you were that has got you to the shutout at that point. But the second you start thinking about the shutout, then you're putting the stress on yourself, you're putting the stress on your teammates, you're thinking differently and therefore it is actually causing the shutout to be more
1: to be less likely. That's actually a very good point. Uh, I've been playing a game called Dark Souls, and in this game, it's very difficult. You die a lot, and you have to recover your souls, and you collect souls by killing enemies, and if you die a second time without recovering them, you lose all your souls. So it's really, really frustrating, and you hate it. But part of the strategy when you try to retrieve your souls is you can't care about the souls, because if you care about your souls, you're going to die easy. Like, Like, it's by focusing on what you want... Like you start playing differently and you get careless and you need to start dying and then you kill yourself.
0: So in a way, the bias isn't really illogical in some senses because there is a logic to to, to following that type of a bias.
1: I would say yes. It's, it's not ecological for people in the immediate vicinity to follow that bias or to kind of go along with that because – you're trying not to make the picture aware that they are, you know, doing that. Now they're, of course, aware in the back of their mind, but they have to act like it's not the case because otherwise they're super aware of it, and then their behavior gets changed based off that. But people who don't mention it at home on their TVs, like you know, you know watching that—that's irrational there because they have no effect on what's happening in the stadium there.
0: I I think the idea there is that sports are a team thing, mm. and you, as a fan, you're a part of the team. And if you're in, like, the crowd and you're talking about it, the whispers may be heard by the players, and that just kind of carries over to being at home. If you're at home, you wanna, you're want you a part of the game, mm. so you don't want to do anything as a part of the game that's going to influence the game. Is it completely rational? No, but there is some
1: sort of a logic to it in the bonding between you and your team. Right, that, that does make sense. The though I'll just add I talked to one of my friends and uh, he was kind of like like he was superstitions like that and uh I he he always wore like his lucky like underpants or something when people were playing and you know he's like oh yeah my uh, I wore the same ones that this guy does and I it was just exactly, but.
0: I think that kind of
1: breaks out from superstition. I mean, there's something else going on. There. <laughs> well, it, and he was worried that the they were going to lose because he didn't like, wear him one time. It's like, do you really think that has an effect on the game at all? Like, you wearing on these
0: underpants? Well, Brian Langell, the host of uh, What's the Finish and three-player co-op, he if he watches a, a, a Toronto Maple Leafs game, the Leafs lose. And when he doesn't, they win. And this was very consistent through their entire season, so there was some huge coincidences going on there. You know, in reality, that's that's what caused that. Is just coincidence? But when you see a pattern that goes on for you know an, an entire season, it's harder to ignore the pattern and easier to just say, like say, and more fun to say, that's it's because of me. I caused that effect. It's the the common trope of. Seeing an effect, or seeing a, an effect, and thinking that the cause and effect are, are related when they're not.
1: Mm, mm. That's actually a good point because I, th- I think part of it is wanting to become more, a bit more, like you contributed to the game mm. in a way and contributed to the win. Mm. And I think that's definitely something. Have, have you find yourself doing any of that kind of stuff, B?
2: Um, not really, to be honest. I just. Uh, bias to to me I find people are just misinformed in some way like when they're being biased when I'm being biased I'm just usually being run over by emotions I'm letting my emotions control my brain at that point so, I don't really have any irrational, like, underpants, lucky underpants or anything. Oh, I do notice anytime I watch a Pats game, they lose. So, I stop watching football. I don't even enjoy it, anyways.
1: <laughs> but that's
2: the closest I come.
1: Maybe they just lose in general. Right? And, hey, you know. they don't.
2: They don't, yeah.
1: <laughs> One thing that I, an experience that happened to me, and this isn't necessarily like a bias, but I think it plays into bias is I was driving down the road and I was coming around this you know corner before I you know get to my house and there was a truck, this giant kind of truck kinda of coming around the corner as well. And you know, it took a while to see and this truck kinda of kicked up a rock and the rock flew, hit my windshield. And it actually cracked my windshield. You know, not like a huge like smash but just a nice crack and something that had to be fixed. And I got super pissed off. But what was weird is I didn't get pissed off at the person inside. I got pissed off at the truck. Like as if the truck was like a literal like living thing that purposely not only, you know, like kicked up the rock, but it did it on purpose. It wasn't like, oh, whoops, I did that. It's like the truck's like, yeah, fuck you. (laughs) And threw a rock at my windshield, which I thought was kind of weird. It's kind of seeing this truck as as if it was like an actual thing, like a living thing. Who not only did it, but had a conscious intent to do it.
0: It sounds like personification in order to vent your emotions through something inanimate. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm frustrated because that's a really expensive fix. Now I have to take the time to do it. It's just a, a, an annoying thing from start to finish. I have all these emotions, and then putting them on to you don't want to, you know, it's not the guy's fault who's driving. So putting it on to something inanimate, you have no guilt, but you still get to get your emotions off of your own chest.
1: True, true. And who's really at fault for that? The, the guy driving the truck's not. The truck doesn't no. have any fault for it. So it's like, I, just, I want to be mad, but I want to be mad. Oh,
0: God.
1: God damn it, God. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that would be an advantage of believing in God. Just, like, blame him for everything.
0: Well, you'd have to blame bad things on the devil and good things right. on the God. Okay, okay. We can go with that. Damn you, Poseidon.
2: Wrong.
1: It's your fault. <laughs> but a cognitive bias that I'll plays into that as well it, that, what I described a little bit is there's that thing where let's say you see somebody kind of slip and fall and you think oh man that person's clumsy right but let's say you you slip and fall yourself you think oh man I just slipped and fall that was kind of weird mm. or oh man I'm a little tired today so the bias is you see someone else do something you, know, you think that's their character that's who they are you do it yourself and oh, I'm a little tired or Oh man, this floor is slippery. Someone should put up a sign. Hmm. And that that's one you have to be really conscious of cuz I think people tend to label other people too much based off these one or two interactions where maybe they didn't get maybe they didn't get any sleep yesterday.
0: And it's usually easier to focus on a negative than it is to focus on a positive. Hmm. I know um a lot of people feel that way about their bosses that their boss like, especially at like a review time when you are asking for a raise or something like that, their boss will bring up the one or two times that they fucked up, but all of the other times that they were there and consistent and good at their job, go kind of gets brushed under the wayside because they saw the one or two fuck ups and they think that's how they always are. Without it. so they're they're acknowledging the negative rather than the positive, they're putting more emphasis on the negative.
1: Mm, and that's a uh, I think it's called availability bias. Like, say, you go to a fast food place, and you get good service, like, say, 95% of the time. The one time you get a rude, you know, uh, server, you won't forget that. Like, every time it's now rude. Like, it's like, they're terrible over there. It's terrible. Every experience I've had there is terrible. And, or if you're, you know, working customer service, you know, you might have 95% really good customers. But you get 5% of people who are rude. You think, oh my god, these people are so fucking rude. They're terrible. And it's like, it's like, no, no. Actually, that's just the... It's just you remember the bad experiences more. So this is all you recall. But you're not recalling the 95% of people who are actually like really nice. There's a local
0: pizza place that we used to frequent. Uh, I ate there for probably a year. Um, and it was really good. They're the best place around. But one time, I placed an order and... Uh, the guy called and was like, yeah, we don't have that thing. And I'm like, well, that's what it said you had. And he's like, nope, can't do it. And then that was the end of it. And then he brought me something that I didn't even order. So I stopped ordering from them because of that one incident. But the guy was just being lazy. He didn't want to have to remake the order because he had fucked it up.
1: mm
2: so a common factor because I've been sitting here listening to you guys and and the different types of being biased and such. So the common thing that I'm noticing with the definition of bias and the different types is um, a lot of people who uh, brush off accountability and uh, mis- are influenced by misinformation in some way depending on what type of bias and they're uh, – associating uh, negatives with everything if that's making sense
1: I I think you're on something especially with the accountability thing Mm -hmm. because I think a common way people will kind of uh, disregard their accountability for their performance or how they're acting is like you know to say I didn't get enough sleep last night or I got into a fight with my boyfriend or they always have some reason some explanation for their behavior and why they're lacking in some area so their, there are biases, this is how I am. And this is, you know, why I'm acting this way. This is, this is why it's okay for me to, you know, you know, fail in these regards. Whereas if this person's looking at somebody else, they're kind of like, man, this person sucks. You know, so what? You didn't get sleep. I didn't get sleep last night. I'm doing fine.
2: What happens when someone's being biased and you're trying to hold them accountable to them being biased? Have you ever tried that?
1: Uh, well, it depends on, give me a circumstance.
0: Hmm stand in truth. That's uh that's my rule of thumb is just as long as you what you're saying is what's true, then what anybody else is saying they it's not gonna hold up in the long run through any argument.
1: Well, this is where it gets confusing with biases though, because your biases, if they're unconscious, is you know, you think this is the truth, but you know, you're influenced by those.
2: Right, I work with one girl, she's fairly new, and we're in the customer service <clears throat> field, if you will. And um, she's fairly new, and um, she always has an excuse, which you can tell just with the the emotion that pours out when she gives her reason. Um, she really believes that is her reason, but it's an excuse to everyone else, who knows. Anyways, um... She's very, very biased on some of the stuff when we say, hey, you should have done this when you did this, and you'll notice um, the flow will be better for the customers. You'll notice you're doing it faster, you're more accurate, so on and so forth. And then instantly she'll come up with a reason as to why it wasn't her. It was something surrounding her that caused her to act that way or do what she did. So how do you get someone like that who's a, a good person but is just stuck in their headspace, they're not in the right headspace, to realize that there is something that they are doing?
1: So in a professional context, that's kind of easier to deal with than like mm-hmm. in a non – like I'll say a personal context because mm-hmm. you would – give the person their responsibilities. So your responsibility is X, Y, and Z, let's say. Mm -hmm. And they have to do these responsibilities. And if there's a failure, and the failure is not based off somebody else's responsibilities, Mm -hmm. so let's say you're on our factory line, and your responsibility is to put these parts together, to double-check them, and to put a little marker on the paper, and to send it off. Now, let's say the person before you kind of messes up on something. Well, that's their responsibility. But you give them their responsibilities and if you hold them accountable for those responsibilities and if they don't let's say they falter with those responsibilities then it's their responsibility they're at fault so let's say it's with making coffees so you know the person took an extra 2 minutes to get the coffee out because they had to brew more coffee but if it's their responsibility to brew the coffee and they didn't brew it brew enough then you put them on them because that was their job to get it done let's say someone is constantly late for work because they're not sleeping enough and let's say there's not like a real medical reason they're staying up or doing whatever or maybe they're having issues so they say well i couldn't get to sleep and you say well it's not really my responsibility for you for to make sure you get to sleep this is your, your thing your job you know it's on you you know we'll say well i, I couldn't sleep well you know go see a doctor Right, right, I mean you're not being like disregarding them, but it's their job to get enough sleep. It's not your job to make sure and deal with the consequences of their lack of responsibility now if the If the job details they have aren't spelled out well enough, then you can't hold them accountable for anything because if this isn't if this this and this isn't done or this isn't being done you know well enough, and the reason. And they didn't know they're supposed to be doing that, or there's not a real, clear kind of way of looking at it, you know, saying, okay, this is your job right here, and you're not doing it, If it's kind of like a little bit more in the gray area, like, this is kind of my job, kind of not, kind of just pulling those steps in, then who can you really blame? Can you really kind of go to her and say, well, this is the problem here, you're not doing your job, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. It's kind of like, well, you know, Chad was doing this a little bit, or Wesley was doing this a little bit, and... I got a little confused, so it gets really muddy.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I understand. There is there is no gray area, and that happens anyways, even when you point it out. it's a. I think it's a character thing, and it's something that a lot of humans tend to do is to be biased in some way anyways. Um, but when you are constantly working with someone who just – will not open up to reason at that point. Like you said, point out, hey, this is your job, X, Y, Z, you know, the responsibilities that that job entails. Or even on a more personal level, maybe not so much professional, um, friends, two friends uh, communicate that they want to go to a concert that's two states away this weekend and they're going together. They have split duties. Uh, One has to get snacks for the road and maybe get uh the concert tickets i don't know and the other one's job is to get a hotel and so on and so forth if person a who's supposed to get the concert tickets and get the gas and and the funds and that matter fails to get the concert tickets and person b gets everything else and they're on their way to do it and you're you're person b trying to explain to person a why this is now a, a crappy sit situation that you're in and that person is just not understanding no matter how much you point out here's the text from our conversation saying we we're gonna do this there's only so much you are responsible for doing to hold them accountable for their actions they need to grow the fuck up. right
0: <laughs> if you can't be res- if you can't hold yourself accountable for your own responsibilities then you're a little tiny child and you need to grow up
2: but and maybe maybe I'm a little biased, but I feel like we're in a growing society where being biased and prejudiced is being excused, like it's okay. I don't want to say okay, but it's it's a more acceptable kind of behavior.
1: I think we're more aware and we're more not okay with it, but right. we we realize we have biases. and
2: But we're not really doing anything to curb it.
1: I mean, are we? Who, who's we? Like some people are, some people aren't. Okay. Like, and I, I definitely think some people, a lot of people, probably use it as excuses. But other people, you know, they once they become really aware of their bias, like, oh shit, I can't do that anymore.
2: Right, and like how it negative, negatively impacts them.
1: So someone that's more attractive, the you have a bias to act better towards them. Okay. Smile more be friendlier, you know, try to impress them more, and, you know, if if they're more attractive. And this is pretty well studied. And they also find that, you know, if they put people up, you know, teaching a lecture, let's say they put up someone who is uh, attractive and someone who is unattractive. People who are attractive, although they're teaching the same materials, saying the same things, they're seen as more knowledgeable, more intelligent, more competent than the person who is less attractive. So there's a attractiveness bias. I don't know what the word is there, but there's a <laughs> bias towards attractive people. You no, know, they're they're seen as more competent, better, uh, and more intelligent, all these kind of things. So, if you look at someone, for, for me, if I look at somebody and they're really attractive, I think to myself, okay, this person's probably not as smart as I think they are. They're probably not as competent as I think they are. I'm gonna have to like, you know, actually, you know, step back and just reduce my expectations because I'm probably just naturally gonna think they're better than they are. It sounds like in trying to combat biases, you can become the opposite bias. Yeah, well, it kind of makes you more skeptical of like your actual, you know, views. Whereas ideally, you want to try to have like an accurate, you know, accurate kind of representation of the person. Sometimes you have to skew that a little bit. Like, am I just think this person's awesome because they're attractive, because I find them hot, or is it because they're actually awesome?
0: See, that's why people like me so much on this podcast, it's because I got the voice but if you actually saw me in person you'd be like man he is way smarter than i thought he was
2: <laughs> oh <my. laughs> well
0: so there's that
1: <laughs> that's true that's true everyone's like man
0: you i did not expect you to look so smart
1: but I'm pretty aware of a lot of my biases. And, of course, there's new and more biases I experience, you know, as you learn about them. But, uh, you know, it's just be aware and, you know, see a bias. Kind of like, a, okay, that's... But, you know, sometimes it's not bad. I mean, you know, like, I have a bias towards point dancing. You know, it's a, it's a dumb thing. I mean, why does it exist? Why would anybody want to do point dancing?
0: Well... You know, I think you've made a very valid point. Thank you, thank you. Dancing,
1: we need to talk. Love the show. Go give us a rating on iTunes. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at wntt1 or Facebook at We Need to Talk Show. And hey, if you really love us, you can give us a donation on Patreon. Now we really want to get in touch with you guys. So if you have ideas for new episodes, new topics we can do. Hit us up It'd be pretty cool Next time